Hello, welcome to today's episode of the UK Run Chat podcast. Today, I'm chatting to Andrea, one of our community members who has set herself the challenge of running through the alphabet. Hi, Andrea. Welcome. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks, Michelle. Yeah, I'm, I'm Andrea. I've complete, completed over 50 races now, I'd say, um, both on the road and the trails, um, some internationally, and um, often known for sharing the stories of those adventures and um, often inspiring others along the way um, who are passionate about, say, travelling and making the most of being outside, so combining the two with, with some running. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you so much for coming on. So you've got quite a big challenge that you're undertaking at the moment, haven't you? And we'll get onto that in a little bit. Um, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and when you actually started running? How did that come about? Um, well, I, I was quite a late starter to running, really, um, in, in about 2016, um, primarily because I always associated fitness really with about going to the gym, just around the gym type of equipment. Um, and I used to have a really big dog um, that would often disappear into the woods near home. Um, and she would be known for following pretty much squirrels for miles and miles into the depth of the woods, um, and which would often result in me heading deeper into the canopy of the trees to, to get her back. And one day I pretty much decided to wear my old gym trainers and attempt to run some of the uh, trail paths uh, with the dog. Um, it was a bit of a disaster. Either the dog thought it was a game um, and constantly got in the way, jumped up, or about 20 seconds I was absolutely exhausted. Um, I didn't really have any concept about running um, and I thought it would be like walking really only quicker. Yeah. Um, so after a few sort of failed attempts to run on the trails with this sort of overexcited dog, I decided to join my local C25K, which um, is well known for being a really great place to start for, for any runner, really, you know, usually free is a program offered by many local running clubs um, and it provides, I think, quite a great deal of learning on how to run um effectively yeah um, and when I first went along to that my first few meetups were pretty simple um, but I thought they were very necessary um I was made aware for example of how to breathe when running oh um, wow yeah you know, nothing was a waste of time I, I thought and, and everything added some value in some way and I found that sort of you know that revolutionary idea of experimenting little by little which became quite rewarding it was sort of the ultimate principle of the law of effect in the theory of learning, I guess, so you, you know, you learn a little bit and you think, wow, I can do that and uh, yeah. build it from there. So that's pretty much how I started. Yeah. Oh, lovely. So you, you mentioned you've done 50 races then. So how, how long ago was this? Was this a while ago then? Um, well, it's pretty much from 2016 when I first started. And then I decided to enroll myself in a, in a, in a race, which was um, a Santa run, which was fancy dress in Bristol. And that was just a 5k. Um, so, yeah, it started pretty much with 5Ks, 10Ks, and then I moved on to half marathons and trail races, both in the UK and internationally. And my 50th race that I completed um, was the Rocky Mountains in Canada, which was really amazing. That was that was about 4,500 metres above sea level, which, bearing in mind the highest point in the UK in Ben Nevis is about... 1,300 meters above sea level so it was was quite a difference to um, how you approach things from a sort of breathing capacity and and learning a bit more about how the effect of breathing and running and um, um, yeah your stamina I guess when you're putting it into training practice. Yeah that must have felt quite tough actually running at that altitude. 
yeah, I wasn't, to be honest, I hadn't really considered it and, until quite later on. Um, and it was actually, we're very, I was very, very lucky to be able to have gone because the world was just waking up after national lockdown and um, the plan had already had to change slightly because the, the borders hadn't opened in Canada. Um, and if it had all been normal, shall we say, there was a friend of mine at a university was offering to use one of these um, breathing apparatus that you can practice on a on a on a treadmill to yeah. sort of have that um, experience of running altitude. But I never got round to to using that, so I was straight in the um, in the deep end, really. But it was it was definitely it felt different. Um, I think yeah. the first twenty four hours you can pretty much. Um, go with it and just you don't tend to notice the difference but once you're into sort of days two and three of change of climate and altitude you really do notice the difference on your lungs yeah yeah and that must have had an impact on your race as well really Um, yeah I mean the impact your, your kind of finishing times and the effort yeah I mean you know, like anyone, you know, you enter a race and I tend to think when I, you know, just as you enter a race, you know, I just want to get through it and finish it. Yeah. And then when you get towards the finish line, you know, like, oh, okay, no, no, I'm going to go for it. But, you know, in a, in a race at that altitude, I noticed in the first two or three miles, you know, I'm not getting the same mileage and times that I would normally get back home. Yeah. So, yeah, you notice it. But part of it wasn't really just about how fast am I going to go. It was about just achieving it. The scenery was magical. So, yeah, I noticed the difference, but I tried to park that a little bit and just enjoy the, enjoy the journey, really. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, that, that leads us on nicely, doesn't it, to your running through the alphabet challenge. Um, and so just explain a little bit about the concept of it. Where did the idea come from? Um, well, funnily enough, the, um, the, there's a really good book by a guy called Murakami, um, which is what I talk about when I talk about running. And he's quite a private writer and manages to capture, I think, some of the most sort of genuine awareness to thoughts and feelings that runners experience on their adventures. So it was sort of his some humbled stories of the places he'd run and the runners he'd encountered along the way that I found quite inspiring. And it sort of um, helped me to consider my own running and what other challenging opportunities I could um, think of. And I tend to think sort of, the, you know, the big problem we have when we're at race day um, is we tend to go there with um, a mission to complete, you know, our mindset is naturally focused on the race. We don't always necessarily notice um, that we are often surrounded by some of the most interesting people and sites of the modern world. So I kind of thought about this and thought about this book and I thought, all right, hang on a minute, I'm going to have a theme. And, And the theme just came about as running through the alphabet. And it was a really quite exciting way to embrace a bit of challenge and achievement as well as traveling which um, is something I absolutely love it was I think it was important for it to not be a tick list you know not going to be a tick list of the most amazing extreme places to go to Um, it's like some sort of bucket list Um, and it had to be achievable financially and be smart you know I'm not really one for kudos I, I, I love that sort of flow state of being absorbed in an activity so much that you know you tend to lose track of time so it, it was a way for me to um, research places, be inspired by places and, and something that was aligned with the race medal having that appropriate letter of the alphabet. So that was the yeah. ultimate um, ultimate goal. OK, so it's providing a bit of structure, really, than rather than kind of guiding you into certain races, really. It's just a, a little structure for you. 
Yeah, I think, um, you know, sometimes we need that motivational um, cue, don't we? And um, yeah. people run for all sorts of reasons. And, you know, for me, it was having a theme um, helps you then to focus when you're doing your research and does it fall within your theme? You know, you can p- push those boundaries when you need to. Maybe there's a particular race event that um, is not necessarily about the country or the county. It could be could be a charity event. It could be... Um, you know, more of a challenging event that you didn't consider at the outset, but it fits because it's got the appropriate letter of the alphabet. So it was just a bit of a strategic way of thinking um, how to make a race more complicated, I suppose. (laughs) Yes, yes, slightly more challenging than normal to find something, I guess. (laughs) Um, Let's just go back to what you were saying. I I just, I love those words you use, like flow state of running. and I can sense that you are kind of somebody that's very inspired by being outside, by the act of running itself. Just tell us a little bit more about that. What's this about being outside? Yeah, and about, you know, the feeling that running inspires in you. Yeah, it's a strange one, isn't it? Because I think once we um, once we take on um, a hobby or a, or a sporting event or something that we engage in and we engage in it naturally and we appear to just lose ourselves in the moment I think it's really I mean we we do get a lot out of it I don't think we always necessarily realize it until we can reflect afterwards and think oh I really enjoyed that and that's that's part of that flow state isn't it you're so absorbed in something that you don't quite know um what the time is right that moment you know and you, you know you're quite happy to just be left alone and focus on that moment and I find running does that, you know, whether or not you're, you know, you're going out and you're doing your sprint sessions that you need to do, or you're just, you know, wandering down a different pathway that perhaps you didn't know was there while you're on holiday. Um, or if you're way on business and you've packed your trainers, you think, right, I'm going to go for a quick run. You know, you it's your time, isn't it? And um, I think that's just quite, it's quite important that people are able to embrace that, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's so that's so important. It's not it's not all about the times, is it, and the distance. It's a lot about how it makes us feel. Mm. Although funny should say that because I think some days, I mean, we all, you know, some days we have really good runs and we think, wow, and I was on yeah. form today. And other days, you know, you um you you did a run, maybe you were too busy and you just squeezed it in, or you just wasn't today wasn't your day. And we we all have those days, but I think the ultimate is the freedom of being able to go out there and engage in something that you you enjoy doing, and and you know why not? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so tell us about starting your challenge then. I'm, I'm guessing you started with the letter A. Are you doing them alphabetically? I am, yeah. Mm. There was one actually that I um, switched around only because it happened to the race event started before the other one. So, but yes, I'm going through them um, in alphabetical order. That's the right way of describing it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the first one was in, in Athens, um, which um, is the ultimate birthplace of running. Um, yeah. Well known for... Uh, the uh, soldier Pheidippides who ran that uh, ran from the battlefield in Marathons to Athens to um, alert the Athenians that they'd won. So, you know, I found I found the research in in uh, putting that into place quite amazing because you know these Greek military runners, um, you know, they were equivalent to our ultra runners of today. You know, they'd be yeah. out there in the early dawn running in really low light gathering their troops and intelligence and and they were they were like the main messengers you know they they didn't do it for fun you know they they that was their thing you know um and in although back in the day you know their total mileage would have been way over 200 miles you know in a day but the the final jaunt as we as we well know the story it was 26.2 miles hence the mileage we know today is a marathon so 
I felt that Athens had to be the first place to, to kick it off, really. And um, it was a really inspiring place to start the challenge. Um, I started it in Easter 2021, uh, I believe. Yeah, 2021. Yeah. Um, the weather was pretty unsettled um, and uh, it was mainly a road race. So that, although there were views of the ancient buildings such as the Acropolis and the famous Olympic Stadium, it was it was mainly... Um, coastal um and it's the place where nike takes its name you know as this winged goddess of victory so the support from the crowds was really amazing they're very passionate about uh, running um and racing at any level um so it was really special to be part of that i absolutely loved it and it was a a really good way of kick-starting the challenge i I felt yeah fantastic so did you incorporate this with a, a bit of time before and after there or you know was it a bit of a holiday for you as well or was it just going and doing the race? Um, yeah, what I try to do is um, once I've found the destination, um, I try to make it sort of usually about a five day trip. So you've got, um, you know, a day to arrive and settle. And then um, I will have already pre-planned having a hotel or accommodation that is near the finish line so that um, after, you, you know, you, your legs are pretty tired, you haven't got to worry too much about getting back to wherever you stay in. Um, and then, you know, have a couple of days to um, see the sites, you know, um, engage with the locals, sort of take in the culture, um, rather than it just becomes some big tick list of how many can I fit in in a year? You know, it was it was about really understanding a little bit about the area that you've gone to to visit, you know? Yeah, yeah. So d- did you do Athens alone? Did you have somebody with you to race? Um, I'm doing all the all the races with my daughter. Um, so we're running these together. I say together, you know, she's um, you know a little bit a little bit younger than me, so I'm at least twenty years ahead of her in age. So we we start together, but we don't finish together. Um, she started university. Um, Cora, this is she started running university and represented sort of the athletics society when she was there. Um, and then when she graduated in 2021, I believe um, she continued her own running goal. So so we didn't really start out running together at all. Um, but been very fortunate to have been able to have taken her to many places around the world since she was little. So um, it was one of those things, you give young people the opportunity to travel um, and develop an interest in adventure and sort of different cultures. And it was it was almost, we've got a very unique friendship as a result. And it means that sort of the time we spend together normally includes going somewhere that results in some interesting stories. So sharing that passion for running um was a given really um you know our our sort of fitness and healthy living has always been part of who we are so our conversations do tend to include discussions on running whether that be running gels you know running routes training plans shoes um so yeah it was a bit of a no-brainer really so we decided yeah we do these together and it's it's so far it's it's yeah been a really positive um really positive experience a really nice one to do with them with your kids I guess yeah, that's so lovely. I hope that when my daughter gets older that she'll want to come on a run with me as well. That would be lovely. How old is your daughter? Um, she's 10. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we've we've got, got a while yet, but hopefully. Yeah, no, it's um, it's really nice. My daughter's 23 now. And, yeah. um, you know, it's, um, you know, you, you have your own goals and your own sense of accomplishment, you know, when you do go out for a run. But, yeah, having that opportunity to be able to um, plot a running route, you know, we're forever sharing routes from Garmin and Strava and just sort of, um, you know, 
offering or there's a you know there's a there's a route here the elevation is this or should we give it a go let's have it as our long long run session at the weekend so yeah it's really nice so I mean has has running changed your relationship in any way then since you started running and racing together um I'd say it's added value I mean you know we've always been very close um as I say we've you know we've traveled a lot and always encouraged her to have a an appetite for you know travel and people and kindness and all those uh, all those things really that I think it's part of who we are as people you know just enjoying life um don't take life too seriously yeah um but um yeah I mean she works now she works hard but she loves a running um but yeah when we get chance to meet back up again after sort of you know busy day at work running is the ultimate you know get away from it all you know you leave the car behind and um everyday stresses of work to um join the outside again yeah absolutely yeah that that kind of takes us back to where we were before doesn't it with just kind of em- emptying your mind and, and getting into that state where it's just you and the, mm. and the road ahead or the pavement or the trail yeah so where are you up to at the moment with your challenge then what letter are you up to um well so far um the last race i completed was hampton court half marathon yeah um so that one um, was my letter h um or our letter h i should say um so the the route for that one was was very scenic it's very beautiful i know that there's been recent pictures published of hampton court i think only this week with um poppies and um um cornflowers i believe it's absolutely covered it's supposed to be really beautiful but at the time when when we run it, it was it was very very wet um i'm not a fan of running in the rain at all um, right. I, I love the heat as we've got it at the moment definitely a warm runner i could run in 30 degrees without a problem i absolutely love it um but on this particular day in hampton court the last mile was over grass around the edge of golf course and there were the occasional golf balls flying and it, i did find it a bit daunting shall we say yeah. i wondered if a couple of the golfers were having a little bit of a laugh um but it was almost impossible to run. It had rained so much and it was so muddy. Um, so it wasn't my most favourite uh, run, but it was a challenge. And, and, you know, you have to have a challenge, don't you? You overcome, you overcome it and you reflect on it and you think, right, what skills did I use that day? You know, what techniques did I use or what strategy did I adopt? And that's how we vibe as runners, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. that's definitely how we improve, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. So you've you're up to H. So what other races have you done then as part of your challenge so far? So we've done Athens and Hampton Court. What's been in between? Um, so the letter B was um, Bingley in Bradford. So um, Bingley is known for its um, five locks canals. So okay. it's it's um, hilly. It's a very flat run. It was it was a combination of a trail and a road. Yeah. Um, so it was the canal towpath really, and then some tra- some trails, but it was a was what's referred to as an out and back which okay. um again you know the more the more that you run the more you appreciate a nice big loop that's got lots of lovely scenery um it, it was beautiful um the the actual um locks these high-rise locks were were pretty um well tough i say and they weren't they weren't that hilly but you know once you're tired you suddenly see this huge great hill coming towards yeah. you you've got to go for it so that was that was in um Bingley and Bradford that was that was really nice it was a, that was a definite something different um C um was Copenhagen oh and, wow and that was um <clears throat> excuse me that was um 
I enjoyed it. I enjoyed I enjoyed Copenhagen a lot. Um, I've never experienced a crowd like it. You know, in some ways, it was a little bit too much. Was it? Um, yeah, the, the constant hum of cheering and shouting kept the adrenaline pumping without a doubt. Um, they are very, very much um, behind their runners, you know, because it's such yes. a flat place. It, it was fast and flat. Um, I did get a PB. Um, I think probably I focused too much on the PB because I knew it was an yeah. opportunity. Um, so I went around that one in 206, which is not bad for somebody in the 40s and 50s bracket. Um, so yeah, it was um it was it was um it was a good race. It was very colourful as sort of all the sort of cliche photos of Copenhagen and and you know the city um buildings and the colours and the vibrancy. It was very much like that. It was a very um very beautiful place. Um wasn't as cosmopolitan as I perhaps would have liked it to have been. Um mm. But it was, it was, yeah, it was nice. It was very beautiful. That was a really good letter C. So, yeah, that was a nice one to have experienced. Yeah. Um, do you want me to go through all the yeah, other ones? Yeah, well, yeah, tell us what else you've been up to. We've only got to age, isn't it? Um, so D was Derby. So I went to Derby for that one. Um, again, I was very mindful for this not to be some huge tick list to say, you know, look at all these amazing places yeah. around the world I've travelled. So Derby was for the letter D. And that was um, that was really pretty, actually, Derby. It was along the river. And um, again, the um, scenery was really beautiful and it was one huge loop, which was really nice. Um, the roads were closed. Um, so that, again, really welcomes runners, I think, when you feel that um, this road closure has been implemented. And you've yeah, got yeah, that does make for an easier race, really, doesn't it, when you're not having to navigate traffic? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing is, as well, as you can really see the investment that's been put in by the marshals and the running clubs, you know, even even the local um, people, you know, come out their houses and they've got their little um, tables outside with drinks on. And it's a real sense of community. And, um, you know, it, I think the amount of people who are running for charities and um, supporting causes is phenomenal. And, and Derby seemed to be that sort of place where it was all about um um, community spirits so that was really really good um, yeah oh, that's lovely um the letter e was the eden project um that was um that was quite a challenge that was quite a hilly hilly run um and that ended inside the compound of the eden project itself where those huge great pods are so wow fantastic yeah that was that was a combination of a bit of a rainy day and a windy day so you've got all the elements down um on the edge of um the Cornish Cornwall there and uh yeah it was that was quite a challenge but beautiful scenery beautiful as as it's well known for um but yeah definitely a, a hilly one and the elevation was um wasn't kind I would say on that day um, <laughs> but you know you do your research you think right okay let's check out the elevation on this one and you know um because I'm surrounded very much with the Brecon Beacons and the Malvern Hills yeah near home um, you know that you're always going to have the opportunity to do some hill training, some hill work. But um, the Eden Project was definitely testing the boundaries of, you know, have I done enough sort of thing. Yeah, wow. I mean, but but like you said earlier, you've got to challenge yourself, haven't you? Yeah, that's right. You know, if, you, if every race is just going to be a flat race, then you're going to just fall foul of just, you know, let's see how fast I can go. Um, you know, to me, it was more about... Um, the preparation of the first sort of the first say half an hour into a race you know sometimes can take us um a good two three miles to relax in a race I find you know the yeah, first yeah you know I find it's, the same as you yeah it takes a while doesn't it just to get into it 
yeah, I mean, you know, I find that sometimes the first mile is that um, it's that make or break feeling, isn't it? In the first mile, you know, you run in, you sort of think, oh, don't my shoes tighten enough? Do I need to loosen the laces? You know, do I need do I need to go to the loo again? You know, it's you, you can't help but ev- evaluate all those little niggles, and it's not until you've done a couple of miles, you think, right, I'm, I'm settled now. Now I'm enjoying it. Now I can look at the scenery. And you, you know, you check your time and your watch, and yeah, I haven't set off too fast. Um, I'm pacing myself well, and you know, you, you, you've got enough fluids, or you thought about what gels you perhaps got with you, and when you're going to take them. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's all part of the challenge. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> um, so yeah, where have I got to so far? So um, G is next. No F, sorry. F was Farnborough. F was Farnborough around the um, the history of the air, uh, the uh, Farnborough. Um, airport and the um the sort of surrounding area of of that really so that was that was just something completely different to to do yeah that sounds very different actually yeah so um that one i just that's, that's in 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 uh, northeast hampshire so um that was just just something that i wanted to just cover really um about you know thinking of something different it's known of its international air show um and you know hundreds of people um visit there every year for the exhibits for the for the air show so i thought um you know it's long-standing sort of aviation links i thought that'd be something really different and the the medal was um you know aligned with with that sort of um theme really which was really nice yeah and then that leaves us with g doesn't it yeah g um now g was something completely different that i'd never done before which was um it was the Galazzo Mountain and the Galazzo Legend, it's called, and it's in Mallorca. So um, it's um, a very beautiful place, is um, Galazzo. And um, it is um, a trail run, to say the least, but it's um, the elevation is pretty, pretty steep. So it's um, it's it's in the, it's, it's an, an area called Calvia in, um, in uh, Mallorca. So it's part of the Balearic Islands. And it's, it's, it's known for being quite a hiking trail. It's very much a scenic spot. Um, it's got a lot of pan- panoramic views of the Mediterranean coast. Very beautiful. Um, and it starts in this tiny little village um, where people can then, um, you know, go off on their different various hiking routes. But it was really, really steep. Um, and the first half a mile, I would say, was um, on gravel. So it was definitely it was definitely trail shoes. Was on gravel, and then these little tiny stones that you were running across started to become, you know, bigger rocks, almost like the size of tomatoes. And then they got more sort of size of boulders. And then you found that you're actually almost on your hands and knees now, clambering up the side yeah. of the mountain. Um, at which point, the sort of the crowds start to disperse. You know, you're no longer just running with the few people who you're in the um, race pen with to start with. You're now you've really separated now so you're on your own and um, you're following these markers sort of a bit of red and white plastic tape you know just tied to a bit of foliage and that's the only thing you've got to really give you an idea as to where the route is taking you and I found that quite daunting because um, you know you you can't just follow the person in front and think oh yeah I'll follow them they look like they know where they're going Um, you know you if you go if you get it wrong you are really off piste on a very um you know dangerous ledge um really so it was it was an interesting race 
Um, But um, I found it really, really hard. Um, It was over a thousand meters above sea level. So it was quite high. It was a long way up. Yeah. Um, But it was, yeah, it was, it was exhausting. (laughs) It was exhausting. How was the descent? (laughs) If it was steep going up, how was it coming back down? Well, the descent, you know, it's hard to say whether or not the descent was easier than the the climb, but um, going on the same basis, there was nowhere to put your foot flat. So every time you put your foot on something, it rolled forward because it was loose rocks. Um, and, you know, I didn't manage to fall, which was good for me. I did. Um, I cut my I cut my hand at one point and on a rock, only a little cut. But it was it was bleeding quite a lot because of, you know, naturally sweating and things. And at one point I was literally hoping that I'd be spotted and be pulled out of the race. Someone would feel sorry for me and pull me out of the race. Um, but no such luck. But it, yeah, the coming down was really it was daunting. You know, I was yeah. more concerned about not losing my footing and slipping. Um, but the scenery was beautiful. It was, you know, it is, it's not one of the highest mountains in Mallorca, but um, it, um, yeah, it was, it was absolutely beautiful. Really, really nice. And um, a bit of a scramble, I say, is probably yeah. the best way of describing it. Oh, that sounds really exciting though. So is, is trail, is, are you normally a road runner? Is trail not your natural environment for running? Um, it was funny you should say because, um, you know, where I'm based, um, I've got, as I say, the Brecon Beacons, yeah. and the Malvern Hills, the, you know, the Y Valley, a lot of beautiful trails that within very close proximity. And I think the downside of that is you cannot ever find anywhere flat. So you've got to, you've got to, you know, get over it and you've got to run up hills. Um, so I do like the peace and quiet and that sort of solitary feeling of running on the trails. Um, but equally, um, when you sort of see, you know, friends that have run along the beach or um, a nice flat sort of country lane, I think, oh, yeah, I, I fancy that. So yeah. it's nice to have that combination. I think we're, we're very lucky. If, if we, You're very lucky if you've got that, you know, the idea of living in a city somewhere and you've only got sort of, you know, a, a park, a centre park somewhere that you sort of flock to and you loop it sort of 10 times. You know, I, I think I'd find that quite tough. So road running, especially when there's lots of traffic and and people don't always want to get out of the way, unfortunately. So, you know, the peace and quiet of the trails is is really nice to have that as an alternative. Yeah, oh, it sounds like you've got the best of both worlds there, Andrea. Yeah, I think I have actually. I'm, I'm very um very humbled by it, shall we say? Yeah. So, what what would you say has been your favourite moment so far then of the challenge? Um, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I think it's a difficult to measure. I think sometimes when we measure success or within ourselves. Um, it can simply be just sort of achieving satisfaction, can't it, as you know, as often as we can. So the fact that we've gone out and we've um, been able to, um, you know, achieve what we set out to do, um, I think sometimes that's as much as we need, isn't it? Or is it about, you know, the fact that we got a PB? Um, um, so I, I don't – I loved Galazzo. I mean, as much as I hated it at the time, I loved Galazzo because it was just something so different. Um, but then I really loved Copenhagen because it was so flat and, you know, um, you know, then you can sort of, you can put your sort of um, fast, flat um, sort of methods in place and right, I'm going to go for it. So I think that, I think the fact that we can just achieve and look back and reflect and say, yeah, I did a really good race there. I put, I put a lot of effort into that, not only the training, but the, the foods and, um, uh, you, you, you know whatever program you put into place even if that's been sort of 
an hour a day, sort of every other day. You know, it's it's looking back and knowing that that actually worked for you. Yeah, yeah, that's important, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah, and I guess success, like you say, it means different things on different days as well, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like when it's a really, really wet day, like it was for the Hampton Court Half Marathon, um, you know, you, you plan ahead what you're going to wear, you know, and, and, you know, you know you've got to feel warm, but you don't want to overheat. Um, have you got the right um, shoes on? You know, you've gone for the, the right, you know, running running shoes um, because it was going to be a bit of a combination of trails and, and road. So it's that success feeling, I think, that knowing that whatever research you've made into making it the best possible race you can for that day, there was was it a success and if it wasn't why not and um, what do I need to do next time to tweak it a little bit yeah well just while we're on the subject of heat obviously we are recording this while we are in the UK in the midst of a heat wave um it's unusually warm you've, you've already said that you enjoy running in the heat what are you what are your tips for kind of getting through especially those longer runs in the heat I find it really difficult personally um I'm very much a winter and rain runner Oh, are you? That's interesting. Yeah, yeah it's, it, you see, that's one of the things I've learned so far about running is that, you know, it's you you know what you like and you've got to go with it. You know, right right back to the beginning when you first start running, and people say, "Oh, I'll go nice run in the morning." I hate running in the morning. Yeah, you know, the only time I run in the morning is I'm going to run in a, a race event, and you know, you've got to adjust your body a little bit to running or being able to yeah. move, you know, at a relatively quick pace first thing in the morning, but um the heat I love it I mean I ran in Cordoba in Spain I went to a trip to Seville and it wasn't um a race it was um just a sort of city break and I stayed in um Cordoba which is just outside of Seville and it's really well known for its sunflower field so it's if you if you want to see the fields of sunflowers like nothing else is uh, is Cordoba um and I went for a run and it was probably about 41 degrees um and I think you've just got to be prepared to be hot. Yeah. Crazy. Be prepared to be hot. You're going to get sweaty. There's no, there's no pretty way around it. You know, (laughs) you've got to be prepared to just be sweaty. Um, And we always say, don't we, about drinking and fueling and drink plenty of water. But that is one of the big tips is to just, I mean, don't be too proud to carry water. I always, always run with water. Always. Even in the rain, I'll run with water because, um, I don't know, you you probably don't need to some runners will probably go nah you don't need that but um yeah running in the heat take water remember your sort of your salts yeah what your body needs you know it's not you know it's like feeding a plant in the house plant isn't it you don't just give it water you need yeah. food don't yeah. you so it's um making sure you've got a strategy in place for uh keeping yourself um well hydrated yeah i mean do you find your pace slows down a little bit on hot runs as well yeah i mean i think you know, you've got to expect that, haven't you? It's yeah. a bit like when we spoke earlier about running at altitude. Yeah. Um, you've got to expect that, um, you know, your body doesn't need warming up as such. Not like in a, you know, like you when you're running in the in the colder climates, you probably feel that you, you're moving quite quick because you want to warm yourself up a bit and your heart's working differently um, and your muscles take longer to warm up. So, yeah, when, when it's already hot outside, um, you know, you've got to almost allow yourself to do the complete opposite and slow down. But... Um, I tend to try and pick a route that I know is going to have some shade as well. Yeah, yeah that's important um, too. Yeah, and I think, again, one of the things that we don't tend to do when we become runners, in quotes, is it's okay to stop. Yeah. You know, if it's if it's hot and you're not used to running in the heat or it's not your 
best time for running it's okay to stop it's okay to stop take a take take a breather and then when you're ready off you go again you know and just adjust your expectations yeah yeah that's key isn't it yeah yeah great so um what have you got planned next on the challenge what's coming up next for you um well my next challenge is um as a bit of a motorbike enthusiast um the tt which uh, is known for the tourist trophy in the isle of man um is known for being one of the most sort of dangerous and thrill-seeking race events in the motorbike world. So yeah. I thought that the Isle of Man um, for the half marathon route there um, would be an ideal choice, especially as some of the um, the route that we will cross will cover some of the roads of these sort of fast superbikes. So oh, wow. um, if you like your bikes, then it's a quirky yeah. story to, to have. So uh, yes, that's what I thought I would do. Oh, for Fantastic. So when's that happening? That was in August. Yeah. So missed out on the TT, which was... Um, That's just last, happened, hasn't it? Week. Yeah. 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 So um, I don't think I would have been very popular if I was out having a run at the same time. These bikes were um, speeding past. So... Um, yeah. yeah, so that's in August. So I'm looking forward to that one. Oh, fantastic! Have you been to the Isle of Man before? No, never, never. No. Oh, it's beautiful. You'll love it. I did a holiday there back. Oh, it must be ten years ago now, but it's beautiful. You'll love I've heard, it. I've heard only positive things, so yeah, it seemed like an ideal choice, really. And it and it's not too far. And it's always, um, I think, it's always nice when you can look um, to see where the your local airport and the airlines that you might use regularly where they go to what are their destinations yeah. and that always helps with a bit of planning and Isle of Man happened to be one on the list for me so I thought oh that sounds interesting and then yeah. with this sort of association with uh, motorbikes I thought oh yeah I'll give that one a go. Yeah so are you are you taking one letter at a time Andrew in planning or are you seeing how this evolves or have you got some ideas in your head of what else you want to do? Um, I haven't planned anything after I um, and I'm a bit stuck on Jay at the moment, actually. I said, my daughter and I, we had this conversation about Jay because we were looking at Jordan oh. um, and we were also looking at a couple of places in um, Spain. Um, but it really does depend on um, whether or not, um, I don't know, wh- what time of the year the race events um, come up. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's um, it's very much a case of and like I said earlier as well, it's got to be the um, it's got to be the race medal has got to have that letter in it. Yes. OK. So, yeah. So that's key. Yeah. yeah. So it could be, you know, a race event that's for a particular um, place, a destination rather than a country. Um, yeah. Then then. Yeah. So I think we will definitely push push further afield when it comes to further letters along the the, the alphabet. But um you know, like I say, it wasn't it wasn't intended to be this sort of amazing wish list of places around the world. It's got to be cost effective. But at the same time, if there's an opportunity to, you know, to go to um, some of these faraway places then um, and it works, then, yeah, I'm, I'm always up for adventure. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Oh, well, you'll have to keep us posted with where you end up next then after the Isle of Man. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so let's finish with... Um, just you know what do you feel you've learned so far doing this challenge has it taught you anything specific do you think um yeah I mean I think I mean, running is such a personal thing isn't it and I think um if it doesn't sound too cliche I think that um we become slightly more complete confident maybe wiser version of ourselves you know after we've embraced some new adventure you know after we've gone for our run 
you know, it's, it is quite personal. It may be for some, they just run around the block and they weren't able to do that before. They've done it now for the first time ever without stopping or, you know, it's the furthest they've ever been able to run. And, and it, it makes us more confident, doesn't it? And, it does. and then sort of reflect and see, wow, you know, I've, I've achieved something and it's, it's quite a personal thing. So I think for me, um, fueling is, is a big thing. Um, and we learn then what worked and what didn't. Um, you know, we always hear about people talking about carb loading, but it's not just carbs, is it? It's, it's the it's the lead up to it. You know, people have got different dietary requirements um, that they they can't always necessarily eat certain foods, and that's got to be captured as well. Um, I've learned what sports brands are expensive, but why they're expensive, and then okay. when you start wearing those particular brands you know, you realise and appreciate the investment and think, right, yeah, you know, that's why I wear that brand because it's it's comfortable, the material's soft, you know, when you wear, you're wearing it for two hours at a time, two, three hours at a time, it wears well, but it also absorbs some moisture. Um, and I think, as we mentioned before, you, you know, learn whether or not you're a morning runner or you're an evening runner and, mm-hmm. you know, how you benefit the most from putting your training into place because you are running at the right time of day that works for you. Um, I think one of the biggest things for me that I've taken from running so far since about 2016 to now is stretching. It's that core strength, still going to the gym, um, what might feel like a day that you're not out there on the ground running um, is the opportunity to stretch and reduce injury. Um, and it's definitely my go to, you know, stretching is so um, underrated and um mm. I think there was, um, there's a book by a guy called Matthew Walker, um, really worth a read, and it's, it's, it's called Why We Sleep. And it's, um, it's very much a comprehensive and quite powerful account, really, the science behind why we sleep. Um, and it, it's all about that sort of the foundation to our physical and our mental strength. Um, and I found for me, other than just the stretching and the working on looking after your core strength, and I'm not very good at keeping still for very long. I no. like to keep moving. but having learned a bit about stretching and the basics I do value my sleep now more than ever and I think that need to relax we don't tend to do as a as a species anymore it's always on the go and I think it's when you learn about taking things a little bit slower slower pace um you realize you're investing a lot more into the times when you are actually running so I think that's the biggest thing I've learned so far from it is is the rest and the stretching is really quite an investment. Yeah, absolutely. We we often neglect that rest as runners, don't we? We think that if we're out training, we need to be running, but sleep and rest is a part of that, isn't it? It is mm. training. Definitely. I think yeah. the thing is, is you tend to, you know, when you're not running, whether or not you're catching up with a friend's run or you're looking on Strava or another app or Garmin and you can see that a friend's gone and done a run or they've done 10 miles today I only did three and it's that feeling of oh I'm gonna go out and do some more yeah and it's that need to just stop slow down be pleased with what you've achieved you're running for yourself you're not running for anyone else and you know whatever you're investing in yourself is actually going to be of benefit to you and add value the next time you put your trainers on and go outside yeah absolutely well yeah that's very all very wise, sensible advice. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for joining us today. It's been fascinating chatting to you. Um, thank you for having me, Michelle. Nice to speak to you. Yeah. Could you tell our listeners where they can follow you? Are you have you got a social media account where they can follow you if they want to find out a little bit more about your challenge? 
Um, yes, I'm on um, Instagram as um, Silver Cloud Adventures, so I can be found there. Um, and I'm also on Strava as Andrea D., so I can be found there. So those are the two sort of main locations where uh, my running routes and um, achievements will be uh, posted. Oh, fantastic. Well, all, all the very best with the recipe challenge and enjoy it. And do keep us posted with how you're getting on. I certainly will. Thanks very much for taking the time to speak to me. Thank you.